0: Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we have Dr. Susan Albers, a New York Times bestselling author and a clinical psychologist at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Albers specializes in eating issues, weight loss, body image concerns, and mindfulness. After obtaining her master's and doctorate degree from the University of Denver, Dr. Albers completed an APA internship at the University of Notre Dame and a postdoctoral fellowship at Stanford University. Dr. Albers conducts mindful eating workshops across the country, and she is the author of six mindful eating books, including her latest coming out on December 24th, Hangar Management, Master Your Hunger and Improve Your Mood, Mind, and Relationships. Today, Dr. Albers is talking with us about mindful eating after baby. We've all heard about and experienced getting hangry, and with so much going on with our bodies post-birth and taking care of our little ones, it can be tough to take the time to take care of ourselves and nourish our bodies properly. Hormones are real in the fourth trimester, and Dr. Albers is going to give us some tips on how to mindfully eat postpartum that can help our minds and heal our bodies. Welcome, Dr. Albers. Hi, Dr. Albers. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, I think a lot of us mothers have a difficult time in the postpartum period since so much has changed. You know, our bodies have majorly changed. We now have a baby, so we are now mothers, so we have to, you know, identify ourselves a little differently. Even if we have older children, it's always an adjustment with a new baby. And many of us have a tough time accepting the new changes our body has made. I feel like some new moms, myself definitely included, have those body image concerns after giving birth. Even though you know we totally appreciate everything our bodies have done for us and for our babies, it can just sometimes be difficult to look at ourselves in the mirror since we don't recognize that person or our bodies anymore. And all of this can be a tough tr- transition. So I'm really excited to learn more about what mindful eating is and how it can help us moms, especially in the fourth trimester. So Can you tell us first a little bit about what is mindful eating?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. This is an area I'm very passionate about. I talk to people about mindful eating all over the world. And mindful eating is not a diet. There are no menus or recipes. It's more about how to eat than what to eat. And I'll explain a little bit more about that. So if you're somebody who has tried dieting or the word dieting just gives you anxiety, this is the perfect approach for you. And particularly for women in the postpartum period, because, you know, often our mind says, okay, we've, now we've had the baby and there's that term that is out there that I think does kind of a lot of damage for women It's bounce back. You know, we feel like all of a sudden we sh- we're going to bounce back kind of like a, all of a sudden. And really it's a mindful eating approach is great because not only is it helpful postpartum, but it is going to change your relationship to food from, there, from here on for the rest of your life, stepping you away from dieting. It's also going to help you to teach your children to eat in a mindful way. And so I have a lot of women who come into my office that I see every day who are you know, postpartum period and have struggled with their relationship with food. And they love that this approach, mindful eating, not only is helpful to them, but is going to set them for teaching and role modeling to their kids having a healthy relationship with food so that they don't struggle throughout their life. So it's a really exciting concept. I'm happy to share it with you today. And we'll talk about different things that you can try that are pretty easy and you can even fit into your new lifestyle. (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. Okay, so tell us, what is mindful eating? So mindful eating is a new approach To eating. And there are five S's that we're going to cover today. And I also want to just as an aside, let people know that I'm talking to you not only as a professional, and I've seen hundreds of women in my office. My first office was stationed in an OBGYN office. And so I had referrals from the OBGYNs at every stage from women who came in for their annual exams to prenatal, postnatal, postpartum all different kinds of issues. And so they were excited to have somebody in the office who could help women at all these different stages, manage their eating, because each stage brings on a new challenge. So mindful eating, these five S's that we're going to go through, they sound really easy and they are. They're just little shifts that you can do and things that you can get started on today. And my intent is that they're easy to fit into your lifestyle. So the number one, the number one S is to sit down while you eat. And this may sound easy, but think about how often we are standing in front of the refrigerator, we've got it open, we're picking food out of it, or we're leaning against the counter, or you have your kids at the table and you're the mom, you know, standing up and going around the table and passing things out and feeding kids. Often we are standing up, running around, popping food into our mouths here or there, or passing a counter picking up food and putting it into our mouth without even really tasting it or enjoying it. So my motto is always eat off your feet if you can. And this is going to help you to have more focus. And a recent study showed that we actually eat 5% less when we're sitting versus standing because we have more focus, we enjoy it more, and we're much more in control of how much we eat.
0: This is so helpful, Dr. Alvers. Thank you. Yes. So definitely standing. I cannot tell you how many times when I've made something for my child and I have to wash the dishes, get the laundry out, and then I'm just eating my kids' leftovers. So it's like the leftover of the banana or the bottom of the yogurt or whatever. And I do tend to stand and kind of just shovel it down. So then I'm like, yeah, I'm the mom of leftovers and eating whatever leftovers there are. So making that time time to sit down is totally key. All right. So what is the next S?
1: The next S is to slowly chew. And research shows that we tend to match the pace of the people that we're eating with. Even if we're eating with strangers, we tend to match their their pace. So this is good news if you have an older child who's eating because they tend to eat slowly. A lot of moms will talk about how Even sometimes they're frustrated by how slowly kids eat, which is a great thing, you know, that if they have the time that kids kind of enjoy their food, they play with it, they enjoy it, they eat it slowly. And we can really take a lesson from that of slowing down our chewing. And that cannot be easy because we race through a meal. So my motto is for moms is pace, don't race. And so when you sit down really setting that intention, okay, I'm going to I'm going to eat slowly, I'm going to chew. And if you can, if you can giving your child to your partner or when they're down for a nap, it's often a nice time to have some time to yourself to be able to focus when we eat, oftentimes we're very distracted. We're eating in front of the TV. A lot of moms will tell me the story about how they're nursing their baby. The baby falls asleep. They have a bag of chips next to them. They're mindlessly popping it into their mouth just really quickly, afraid that their baby's going to wake up. And then they're to the bottom of the bowl and they didn't even really realize how they got there. So setting that intention to slowly chew can be really helpful. Another tip that can be challenging but sometimes we probably will do naturally if you're holding a baby with your your dominant arm so I'm right-handed I used to hold my babies on my right hip and I would eat with my left hand now research shows that eating with your non-dominant hand if you put your fork in your opposite hand that is not your dominant one that that will slow you down by about 30%. So that's something really easy that you can try when you sit down today. If you struggle with eating slowly, is putting your fork in your non-dominant hand and giving that giving that a try.
0: That is such a useful tip. I would have never thought of that. That's yeah, that completely makes sense. And for the moms listening, I so I want to think of some examples of how we can implement these things as a you know postpartum mom so if we're needing to sit down and eat so you're more than likely you know recovering from birth so you should be resting you should be in your recliner or the glider with your baby or even in bed and resting as much as you can if possible i know that it can be difficult sometimes but when you can absolutely do it so yeah make sure that you you know if you have those freezer meals Try and after the baby is done eating, whether you're nursing or bottle feeding, if you can hand over the baby to someone else, if someone else is available, or yes, babies fall asleep, usually right after a feeding, they feel so full and good, having that meal right then so you can have some uninterrupted time to to sit down and pay attention to what you're eating, slowly eating. So I think that that's super helpful. And then I'm definitely going to be using that tip, Dr. Albers using my left hand instead of my right. So I love
1: that. And, and now in all my books, my new book is hanger Management. And these are the type of tips that I have are that they're one second little shifts. Sometimes they're shift in mindset. Sometimes they're shifts in behavior, but they're things that only take a second and putting your fork in your left hand that only takes a moment. And I feel like this is really practical for moms. It's nothing that's going to overwhelm them or take a lot of time. So the third is to savor, savor your food. Research shows that the first bite is actually the most flavorful because after a couple bites, we become habituated to the taste and we don't taste it as much anymore. So tuning in for just a moment and asking yourself when you take a bite, is this really something I like or not? And I had a mom who was telling the story about how she'd be sitting next to her toddler and there was these little puffs that her toddler would eat. And she noticed that as she was sitting next to her, she would just mindlessly pop those puffs into her mouth at the same time as her toddler. And after we had this discussion about savoring, she said, you know what? I paused for a moment. I really tasted these puffs. She said, they didn't taste like anything. Like they were they were not something that she really enjoyed. It was just there and she was mindlessly popping into her mouth. She said, she said that after that, she really completely stopped doing that and checked in with herself after that discussion of when she took a bite. Is it something that she really liked or not? Kind of love it or skip it. And that was very helpful for her in cutting out a lot of kind of kid food and just food that was around that she didn't really even enjoy. That makes total sense. I cannot tell you enough. But the thing is,
0: I would then say, oh, but this bag of chips tastes so good (laughs) compared to like my salad that I should be enjoying. But especially, I think you can still even make those healthy things flavorful by adding, you know, different, uh, like a uh, citrus or something else. But I totally agree, especially kid food. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've had like those goldfish or Cheerios or whatever. <laughs> Just so then you're like, uh, I'll join you. <laughs>
1: Right. And, you know, the goldfish are a really good example of that. It's just a poppable food that you pop in your mouth without even really thinking about it and really tasting it. And if you want the chips, you know, I think that, that's fine. It's just learning to love, eat foods that you love in a mindful way. And so there's going to be times that you do eat chips, and eating them in a mindful way helps you to, to not feel regretful about it and eat just enough of them so you're not overeating them. The fourth S is to simplify your environment. We love things that are easy and convenient. And there was a study that showed, they looked at people's countertops and they found that when they had soda or cereal sitting out on the countertops, that people weighed 28 pounds more than people who had them put away. And people who had a fruit bowl on their counter actually weighed 14 pounds less So this is a really easy thing that we can do is to put some healthy foods and snacks out in a convenient place so that you can grab them when you need them. Because it's much easier to grab that piece of fruit if it's out and you see it than if you have to go search for a snack. I also, in in my house, for myself and my kids, is I have a bowl right next to my door when you exit to the garage. And in that bowl, I put a lot of snacks that... Are healthy. And it's almost like sort of trick or treating that we all stop before we leave the house, look in that bowl, find something and putting it in our pocket because it's really convenient and very, very simple. And for my kids, I put healthy snacks when you open up the refrigerator at eye length or eye level so that they see them right away. If they are hidden or they have to look for them, there is no way it's going to happen. So simplifying your environment, making that healthy food convenient will just dramatically change things for you.
0: I totally agree. I feel like, and I think that applies not only for children, but for adults. Like if you have all of your, you know, fruits and vegetables, like wrapped up in a bag and thrown into a drawer in your fridge, it's just less likely that you're going to search for it, get it out, cut it up or wash them. If you already wash them, put them in like a glass container and put it like on a shelf it's a lot easier to pick up and eat. And you see it and you're reminded like, yes, this is a good snack for my body and something that I would enjoy. So I think that totally applies not only for children, but for us adults, just making that effort of making it readily available and easy to spot and remember like, oh yeah, I should be eating this, not that instead.
1: Absolutely. yes. if you put, if you put your Fruits and vegetables in the in the crisper drawer. You can just wave goodbye to them because you will never see them again. <laughs> they they often go bad before you even you even get them out. So making making it really simple. And in my new book, I talk about hanger. And moms get really hangry when they don't take care of themselves and feed their hunger. That often they're the last on the list. They feed everybody else first, and so it can be a radical kind of mindset of really making sure that you are eating, that you're having good snacks to keep that hanger away. And hanger happens. It's, and hanger is that combination between hunger and anger that we get, that irritable feeling. And when mom is irritable, you know things don't go as smoothly. So it's kind of an investment in yourself and your kids to make sure that you're eating and eating well to prevent from getting into that hanger zone. I totally agree. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy
0: in the house. So, so I I almost think that just like anything else, just like working out or whatever that is important throughout the day is almost like scheduling it. You know, if you thrive, like I'm a type A person, I work really well with a schedule. I like to follow it, be on time and be efficient with my day. So I'm productive, but even being so meticulous as to like saying, okay, this is when I'm going to have breakfast. This is when I'm going to stop to have lunch. And I think, think that that would probably even help with your other S tips of like sitting down and slowly chewing and savoring those bites. I feel like if that is going to help you, if you're that, you know, you have that type of brain, just making it a point to schedule it in your day. Otherwise you look around and there's always a million other things that you need to get done, especially if you work or even if you don't work, if you just taking care of the house and all the chores that need to get done, you can, you can totally get lost
1: in all of it. (laughs) Definitely. And then the the last S is to, and when I give this tip, people, (laughs) I love seeing the reaction, is to smile between bites. Again, very simple, easy tip to do because we can all smile, any kind of smile that you want to do. And what this does is it creates a pause moment when you smile that gives you a moment to check in with your body to say, okay, do I want more or am I satisfied right where I am? Because we are often just eating right through our meal and not really checking in with ourselves. So this gives you that pause moment for just a second to check in with yourself. The second thing that it does, that smile, is that whenever we smile, it sends signals to our brain to release those feel-good neurotransmitters. And we need that. We need that when we're you know, stressed out, new moms or any moms. And those neurotransmitters then help us to feel happier and it cuts down on some of the emotional eating that we do when we're feeling stressed. And we tend to crave more salty, sugary foods when we're stressed because our bodies are flooded with cortisol. So a great way to combat that cortisol is to do those smiles between bites. And it's easy. That's something we can all do. And it's free and it's effortless.
0: (laughs) Right. And I feel like when you smile, you're going to know, like, am I forcing myself to, like, I would also feel al- almost like, is this, I'm doing this intentionally, but is this a forced smile? Like, do I actually enjoy what I'm eating? So it goes back to one of your other S's or is this, you know, a genuine smile? Like, this is good. This is good for my body. I'm yeah. And like you said, like those happy transmitters going off. I, I, I love that again, such simple but practical and very helpful tips to really recognize like what we're putting into our bodies. Is it helping us? Is it making us feel good? Yeah. I love that. Mindful eating. That's, that's so cool. So I have to ask you, so what are, you know, you've worked with hundreds of women and people, I'm sure, and not just women when it comes to mindful eating, but like, what are the benefits that you've seen people receive when implementing all of uh, you know, these S's and are more mindful with their eating?
1: The benefit is that they start to move away from that dieting mindset because what we've found in research is that diets work in the short term, but in the long term, people actually gain weight back and they feel very frustrated and defeated. I have so many women who come in that just feel like hopeless that they've been dieting since they were 12. So this moves them away, takes out that approach, but then puts something back in its place. Because if you're not going to diet, then you, I mean, what do you do? You don't want to overeat. You don't want to undereat. And this is a great middle ground of being very aware and mindful of your food choices. So it it, it it takes you out of the dieting mode. It also helps you have a better relationship with your body. It actually does help people lose weight. There are numerous studies that show that it has helped women to lose weight. There's one particular study that taught women how to do mindful eating, not changing what they ate, but, but how they ate and they were eating 300 calories less a day by being more aware and mindful. So that is tremendous that, over time, but not even with just weight loss, it's just managing your weight whatever it may be. It also helped people to feel more comfortable and accepting of their body. It can reduce emotional eating, which, you know, as new moms and we're adjusting, we do a lot of that emotional eating whether it's happy times, sad times, whatever that we're feeling. A lot of times we make a beeline for food. So it gives you a really healthy way to relate to food. I saw this, this ad of a woman who was bathing in a bathtub full of chocolate. It was in a magazine. And I thought, oh gosh, what a dangerous ad that is to show that how we soothe and comfort ourselves these days is through chocolate instead of a nice hot bath, you know. Sort of that Calgon take me away approach. A lot of a lot of ads promote subconsciously teach us to use food to soothe. So stepping away from that when we eat mindfully is kind of the antidote to emotional eating because we check in with ourselves, we ask ourselves, "What are we feeling? Are we really hungry or not?" And that's a hard question. And in my book, hunger management, I walk women through that of of eating in a mindful way. And when you when you order the book, I have a 28-day program that goes with it that's a video program. And this is great for new moms because, or any mom because it's one minute a day. I send you each day for 28 days a one-minute video. And in that video, I give you one tip, kind of like the first tip was about sitting down for the day. And after those 28 days, you accumulate all of these different mindful eating habits and put them together and you are on your way.
0: I love that. That's so cool. So I have to ask just on a personal level, like what got you into this? And as a mom, like how have you implemented these things? Like, I just want to know on a personal level with all these details, like what has it done for you and, and yeah, how you got into all of this?
1: Oh yeah. I, you know, I grew up with an Italian mom and she really had a very emotional relationship to food. in, in kind of a good way. Like food was love and was a, was a food pusher, you know? She and she still is to this day in a good way. Like she, you know, if you're having an event, she's the first one to sign up for food or something is happening. She is the first to rush and rush in with food. So I really got from watching her that we can have a really emotional relationship with food. My dad, on the other hand, he had a very different relationship to food while I was growing up. He's a veterinarian and at one point he became in contact with a chemical that knocked out his sense of smell. And he could no longer smell or taste food because if you can't smell, you can't taste. And so it's been very interesting to watch the contrast between her and him because food doesn't taste good to him. He doesn't enjoy it. He has little motivation to eat. And so I had these two parents who had very contrasting relationships to food, but showed me how emotional our relationship can be. And that sort of was the background that jet said of me And then in graduate school, fast forwarding a bit, I worked at a college counseling center and became aware of how much people struggle with their eating, particularly at that time as for the first time in their life, they're often managing their own food and gave me a great exposure to kind of the whole range of the way that people interact with food. And then fast forwarding even further, I worked in the OBGYN's office and working with women who were experiencing a lot of changes in their own eating and body. What I love right now, particularly as being a parent, is teaching this to my own children. In fact, the other day, my son was watching Scooby-Doo, and he's watching the program, and all of a sudden, he turns around, and he's like, "'Mommy, Scooby-Doo is not a mindful eater.'" And I kind of was like, "'What?' And he said, yeah, you know, when he's scared, he's popping those scooby snacks into his mouth like one after another because he's afraid the ghost is coming. And then he has this long sandwich, a sub sandwich that he just puts in his mouth in one bite and he doesn't even chew it. He like sticks it in his mouth in one one gulp. And I was like, wow, you know, my kids really have got this concept of what mindful eating is. They identify it. And we practice it in our house. The one that comes up for my older child who's now 13 is about screen time. She has her iPad. And one of the most important things that we do as a family is that before you sit down at a table, we everybody deposits their screen in a box. I have this pretty box and it's a charging station too at one side of the kitchen. And that way, so if you're sitting at the table, you are not distracted by your phone and it goes back to that principle of when you eat, just eat. So that's a really great tip for families is having a box or a station in your kitchen that you put to the side and making sure that people put that away before they start to eat, which is not always easy because we, you know, we're always on our devices.
0: Always. Even even the, us parents with with little ones and the little ones don't have their own, you know, smart devices will be on our phones I totally agree. I think that, you know, TV should be turned off. Your smart device does need to be put away so that you can focus on what you're eating, but also that conversation and that togetherness time I think is so special.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: But I love that. I love that tip of having your box and that also being a charging station because that's also a
1: win. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Yeah. And that's what I just was so curious how you had gotten into this and how you have implemented it into your family and having helped so many people. So these were fantastic tips. Thank you so much, Dr. Albers. And is if there's just one piece of advice or one tip for new moms, what would you, what would you tell women?
1: I would say that there's lots of ways to take care of and nurture your body after you've had your baby postpartum and to step away from weight as that outcome or that measure? Because that's one of our first thoughts or mindsets is, okay, I've had the baby, now I need to lose weight. And really, and I know it's hard of stepping away from that and thinking about how am I going to nurture and take care of my body in a new way. And that can be things like that stress management. It can be even things like wearing comfortable clothes. This is one of my number one tips for women is that sometimes they'll say, okay, I got out my I don't want to wear my pregnancy clothes. They still fit, but they're they're kind of baggy. And I got out my old clothes, um, but they don't quite fit yet, and they make me feel awful when I put them on. And I always say, you know, it's perfectly fine to get some clothes for right now, this moment that make you feel really comfortable. That's going to help you to feel really good in your body, in particular of wearing clothes that you you feel good in. In fact, I I always joke, I'm like, they have these stores for pregnant women clothes, but they, you know, nobody ever talks about this postpartum clothes. They need a whole line that is just postpartum clothes. I totally agree.
0: And that's why I'm always telling women during pregnancy I'm like, "Okay, you don't have to get the form fitting like show off your belly. Like try and invest in some pieces that are really loose and drapey because then you can wear them after having your baby and it's not so maternity like because it's so true it, that transition afterwards, women being hard on themselves that, you know, their their jeans still don't fit, but they don't want to wear the maternity pants anymore. <laughs> so it can be it can be definitely be a hard line to pass <laughs> but but yeah i think that's so so wonderful of you to also encourage women like hey it's okay to invest in some pieces as you are healing from from this time but and taking care of your body and you will get there eventually if this is something that's important to you
1: yeah and really setting your expectation to You said about summing up, it's that message of ditch dieting and go for mindful eating. Change your relationship to food through this process. And I know we just kind of scratched the surface today. If people want to get more information, they can go to my website, eatingmindfully.com, or I'm on Instagram, Dr. Susan Albers, or I have a Facebook fan page. And every day I post tips like we talked about today on how to eat in a mindful way. So you're free to go there and learn much more about
0: this fantastic and we'll be sure to link all of that information in our show notes but thank you so much again dr albers for chatting with me about mindful eating and giving us some helpful tips on how we can better nourish ourselves which ultimately helps us better nourish and take care of our babies and our families so this was wonderful and thank you guys for tuning into today's episode we'll be posting today's conversation on baby chicks facebook page and we want to hear your thoughts tell us about your experiences and what helped you as a new mom As always, subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and of course, our website, www.baby-chick.com.